Hello and welcome to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet. I'm your host, Wei Malou. I wanted to share with you uh, some thoughts on, first off, the top rookies in this year's NBA draft, and also talk about some of the potential prospects that uh, the Raptors might be returning if they do end up trading Pascal. And so I wanted to give you some of those thoughts in this episode. It's not going to be too Raptors focused in terms of just like players wearing the Raptors on their jersey. But they either can be or there might be very notable opponents that the Raptors will be seeing as recently as next season. You can start at the top of the draft. I think everyone's interested in sort of how Victor Wamanyama looks. And I think my number one thing is just you have to come see this guy in person. Like when he comes to Toronto once a year, you need to make sure you get tickets to go see him. Um, he is already like um, like must watch in terms of just um, – how he moves on the court, what he looks like. It's crazy. He looks taller in person. Um, you know, he is seven foot five. And I think the more scary thing is the guy has an eight foot wingspan. So the, the, the game of basketball itself just doesn't look normal when he plays it. Like it's, it's truly like, you know, what people sort of describe with Greek freak and, and sort of how long he is. I mean, he's not nearly as athletic as Giannis or as strong, right? He's, he's got like, baby Giannis's body right now maybe a little bit stronger than when Giannis first came into the league but it's the length it, it doesn't make any sense I, I actually don't know how people get shots off over him um it, a lot of times they don't you know there was a game one I, I didn't wasn't there for that one where he shot like two of 13 and had six blocks I'm not surprised with the six blocks like it, it, there's plays I think people are just going to need to take in terms of just getting used to playing again, like a slightly different sport when he's on the floor because he'll be in drop coverage, for example. So he'll be maybe around the free throw line um, defending against the high screen and, and the ball handler's like, oh, I see some space. I'm going to pull up for three. And he'll just go out there and block it without even like necessarily leaping too much. Like, in fact, I actually don't think there's that much like of an athleticism component to his game currently. Like there's like, yes, he moves well. Yes, he, you know, um, is able to, uh, crash the glass a couple times here or there and, and and but a lot of his game right now is a skill in terms of a, a big man who can handle decently um, pass decently off the dribble as well uh, and also shoot um, but I think more than anything else it's just size like he's just in places that you don't expect there's one place so I was there for game two where um, well he only played two games first off um, but game two he um he was playing against Portland, and that was supposed to be the game against Scoot. Scoot apparently hurt himself, himself, so he didn't play in that one. He hasn't played since. I haven't been able to catch Scoot. Um, but in game two, uh, it was against Portland, and Portland has a pretty good team. Like, the, you know, they still got Shaden Sharp over there. Um, you know, they got uh, Michael DeVoe. He's been playing really well as their point guard for that group. Uh, you know, Chris Murray, I think, he has been playing really well as well. So there's, there's a couple of guys, I think, on Portland, and they've been competitive in all these games. They just have a pretty well-built roster. Uh, so it was still competitive, and they actually ended up beating um, the Spurs. They actually led most of the way, but regardless. Um, yeah, Wemby had 27 in that one, and he had 12 rebounds, a couple of blocks as well. And there's just a couple of plays that are just, like, genuinely freakish from him. There's, like, a putback dunk where he got the rebound and, and threw it back down with force, and he I would say he jumped maybe, like, a foot off the ground. But he still dunked it really, really hard. Like I, it's just it's stuff like that where it's like a legitimate six ten seven footer, essentially like a regular size center was under the basket, ready to rebound the ball, and he reaches over the top of them, plucks the ball, and then just hammers it down without even having to jump that much. That's the weird thing is the athleticism isn't actually the biggest thing about him. It's just it's just the fluidity and the, and the length, and 
there's just a couple plays that he makes that just doesn't make any sense. Like there's another one which I wrote about in Ten Things, and, and sometimes it's a little bit hard to just like just like write about all these things in terms of just like describing what you're seeing and the feeling that you get from seeing it. Um, but there was a play where in the second quarter, and, and he really started getting going in the second quarter, where he cut along the baseline, he got open, and there were like two guys in the paint, like two bigs in the paint. And so he decided to to pull up for like a short, I don't know, eight-foot push shot right along the baseline. He had, he had space, he was open. So he went for the push shot, missed it long. He knew he had missed it long because he had released it. And even though there's two guys in between him and the basket, um, he somehow, after the ball is released from his hands, like I think he snakes along the baseline, uh, maybe even goes out of bounds, goes around these two guys and just kind of like takes one step and then stretches his arm. And again, he has an eight-foot wingspan, right? Eight-feet wingspan. And, and so he collects it on the other end and then puts it in for an and one through contact. Meanwhile, the two guys are standing right under the basket, pretty good position to guard, pretty good position to box out, and they can't do anything about it. And I think that's the thing that's also scary too is a lot of his shots, I mean, he's going to have to add refinement to his game. I, I don't necessarily like that he's always fading away uh, for a lot of these jumpers because I'm like, what are you fading from? You know what I mean? Like nobody can contest your shot. And those things will you know, improve with more coaching, with more strength improvement. I think, honestly, probably just playing in a more organized setting. Like, he, he talked about after game two how exhausted he's been. Um, this whole process for rookies in terms of just, like, you know, working out. Obviously, he's not, like, a regular rookie. He's not going to have to work out for, like, 15 different teams or whatever. He, I don't even think he did any workouts. If he did, he only did it for San Antonio because he knows where he's going. But, like, pretty exhausting process for him. Recover, recharge, and then go into the season. He's must-see basketball, man. Like, it's just you just don't see human beings that big. You know what I mean? And I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there, there, there's obviously a lot of weaknesses in his games right now. Like, his jump shot isn't the... It, it's... it's it's I don't think there's anything functionally wrong with it, but it's just not as accurate, which is, I think, for lots of young players, especially bigs, that's the case. The thing is, though, nobody really contests his shot. So he's going to be able to get that thing off anytime he wants. He's going to be able to get into the mid-range pretty much a lot of the times. And it's interesting watching him on, on offense. Maybe he'll be used in the same way with the Spurs. Um, but he doesn't necessarily play five. Like, he's actually not in as many screen and rolls that you would expect. Or even when he rolls, he's not, like, thundering to the basket, you know, catching a lob like Dwight Howard. Like, he's more, like, rolling and then getting a switch and then getting, uh, you know, a chance to back down his defender. Almost more Dirk-like in that way, you know what I mean? Where... When Dirk would screen, and, and he wouldn't necessarily roll. He would sometimes pop. He would sometimes just seal and, and get a switch and, and, and you know trap a smaller guy behind him. Um, he does that a lot. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, functionally, if the five was probably Dominic Barlow, who I was also pretty impressed by. I'll talk about him later on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Wemby plays more four, I would say. I think defensively he was off the ball. So, again, not really involved in most screen and roll settings. Or maybe, honestly... Maybe the other team was just saying, like, hey, I don't want to put Wemby in the screen. Like, that doesn't sound like a good idea. But him lurk, lurking off ball, that's how he got a lot of his blocks. And, yeah, I mean, when he gets into the lane, there is a really a rim, um, intimidation factor. I think the one area in which you can attack him defensively right now um, is just you can get around him for offensive rebounds. Guys, I, I don't think he's, like, um, so diligent at boxing out. There's also he's just fairly slender. Like, even his shoulders are pretty slender. Like, um, he probably has the same like size shoulders as me. And I think like a lot of NBA players, 
um, have bulkier frames and that really allows him to add weight. Wemby has kind of like slumped shoulders in a way. So um, he's not taking up that much like horizontal space. Vertically, obviously, he's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, lots of guys are able to go through his back and get offensive rebounds. So I think that's one way to attack him. But the, the stuff in terms of like trying to ISO him or trying to put him in pick and roll, it just, yeah, it's it's not going to work. He's going to contest your shot every time or he's going to block your shot. And you kind of want to get him out of the play first and foremost. So I think the best thing to, to do with, with Wemby is probably to have a spacing um, big and to have that be Wemby's assignment, whether you screen off ball to sort of force some switches or whatever. But um, otherwise, he is... Yeah, I don't know. You just have to see him, though. I think even beyond the basketball tactics portion, like you just got to see this guy in person, man. It's eight, seven foot five, eight foot wingspan, uh, glides around the court. It, it's I don't know. It's like watching the Dementors in, in, in Harry Potter three. So, okay, so that was Wemby. Um, didn't get a chance to see Scoot, unfortunately, uh, at three. I suppose he's probably more hype than Brandon Miller. But I was able to see Brandon Miller yesterday. So uh, the Hornets play the Blazers um, on uh, on Tuesday. And I don't know what I was expecting from Brandon Miller. I think my impression going into it was like I've seen a lot of these like uh, graphics about, oh, he's got more fouls and points. And, you know, I was just expecting like a guy who's struggling. Like I know he's talented, but like um, I was kind of expecting him to struggle. And wow, like I, I think that's one of those things where it's just like um, you, you just got to watch the game rather than watching some of these um I don't know, graphics that come out with him because there was, I mean, it completely passed the eye test. Let's just say that much. I mean, he he objectively played a good game. Um, Well, I think Miller ended up with 20 some odd points. Let me just pull up the box score really quickly. Yeah, so he had 26 points, six rebounds, two assists, two blocks. Um, In 31 minutes, eight of 15 from the field, three of six from three, seven of seven from the free throw line. So I think number one, like um, when you watch him, like so pretty much a prototypical like like star wing player like that same skill set um that you would see from like a i would say like from like a rookie jason tatum from like a rookie um uh, or like maybe a sophomore jalen brown um you know he he has that prototypical like bigger wing skill set like you could see paul george a little bit in his game i wouldn't say as athletic as paul george but he definitely did try to dunk it on guys a couple of times in this one and try to poster guys as well. So um, I'm not saying he doesn't have Paul George. I just remember young rookie Paul George was always on the fast break doing like 360 windmill dunks, you know? So um, it's, it's hesitant for me to put anybody in that category. Um, but uh, you know, yeah. Anyway, so watching Brandon Miller immediately, you can see like what six, eight, pretty much six, eight, six, nine skill set, big shoulders as well. He kind of has this like triangle shape where it's like, he's got big shoulders, but he got skinny legs. And so you kind of like, yeah, just the tr- yeah, just imagine a triangle. Um, and then watching his game, um, I think first off, pretty good passer. I think that was already pretty evident based on some of his first couple of games. Even when he was struggling, his passing was the highlight of his game. Um, but this one, you could definitely see a lot more of his uh, scoring ability. And I think, you know, I, I wouldn't say like there's no like no weaknesses in his game or anything like that. I think that's kind of outrageous, but looked pretty smooth in terms of catch and shoot threes, pretty smooth in terms of pull up mid range jumpers coming off of pick and roll, pretty smooth, you know, being able to operate and pick and roll the handle for a guy that big, pretty solid. Like he looked pretty comfortable playing as a guard. Um, 
you know, uh, I, I think even just in terms of the, the 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 reads and things like that, I think it was good. Like, you know, a couple times what he had a, a rebound, pushed that on the break against pressure, held off his man, and then threw a, a dime in transition to a cutter for a dunk. Um, that's really good. You know, like, um, you know, some of the – there's even some, like, skill moves involved in some of the, the shots that he's taking in terms of just, like, what, pump fake against the defender, get him to close out of the three-point line, step one step inside the arc – to force the defender to to sort of come back to that direction, but then step back um, behind the three point arc to get the three point off. Like it, it's stuff like that is pretty impressive. Like that's like I don't know Gary Trent Jr. for example does that quite a bit, and you know he's he's in like year five, you know, and for Brandon Miller to come in at nineteen and do that, it, especially with way more size, it's kind of crazy. Um, also, in terms of like basketball IQ or just recognizing the play I think the awareness was good so on like very rarely did you see much zone defense I would say at all watching the last like three days of summer league but you know Portland went into a quick little zone in the third quarter and as soon as it happened he recognized the play got into the middle like cut into the middle of the floor he was kind of directing the rest of the teammates he kind of got into the middle of the floor um, caught the pass touched it into the corner against the rotation that created a closeout, and then Brandon, from the middle of the floor where he caught it, immediately relocated to the wing, got behind the three, and and was able to catch a shoot for the three and, and knocked it down with no hesitation. Like that, that's pretty good awareness. That that is really good awareness. And then um, next time down, uh, he was also against the zone. This time he, um, yeah, I mean he, he just he made the extra pass and, and got into the corner for a three. That was nice to see. Um, later in the game, they started blitzing him because he was playing really well. And the first play, he got blitzed, uh, recognized it a little bit late, got stripped, and got in for a layup. It was a close game towards the end, so uh, it really allowed to see like it, everyone focused and, and trying to compete and execute at a high level versus like in a more blowout setting where everyone's kind of loosey-goosey. So the, the blitz comes, he recognizes that. Next time down, uh, they blitzed him again. This is probably like one or two possessions later. And when he got the ball again, and he immediately recognized it, swung it to the, the pressure release valve um, in the middle of the floor, who then made the extra pass into the corner, who was able to then drive in for a dunk uncontested. So, again, like, the awareness was good. Um, the skill set looks good. Physically looked pretty strong. Defensively, it wasn't like a lot of guys were attacking him. I mean, again, he's pretty mobile for 6'9". He's not too skinny either. Like, he has some decent strength. Obviously, he'll come into the league and need to build on the body. But, you know, the big shoulders, I think, is a promising start. Like, I, I mean... I, I don't know. I mean, I would just highly recommend people like to actually watch, especially this game, um, to so to make some judgments on him because I think in terms of his, yeah, I mean, you you did see like all you know, Scoot is already, you know, the generational guy, and Brandon is already like a bust, and um, I don't know, like I guess the Hornets really do have a horrible history of drafting number two. Let's be honest, but. Yeah, I, he 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 looks fine. He looks the part. You know what I mean. And when you watch the highlights, I think it's pretty clear why. You know, the Hornets uh, went with this route. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're right in doing it, but I just don't think it, it discredits him as a player whatsoever. I think he went number two overall for a reason, and looks pretty damn good at that role. Um, who else did I see in the draft? So I wasn't able to see uh, much of the Thompson twins. I mean, I saw I saw like I saw a little bit, but. Realistically, it was doing more on defense. Like, it wasn't as focused on him. Um, Anthony Black, at number six, I was really intrigued to watch him. Um, I know there was a video going around where um, I think Josh Giddy shared it about just um, 
Anthony Black's first game. That was really impressive. I, th- I really liked his hit-ahead passes. So I really wanted to get down there and see him in person for his second game. Now, unfortunately, so this was Magic Pacers. Unfortunately, um, I, I didn't. Anthony Black got to, off to a really good start and then really faded um, as the game went on. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just the, the Pacers blew the Magic out of the water. It was a good matchup too. The, the Magic had a lot of like decent NBA players on their team. Like you know, they had obviously Black who they picked at six. They had Jed Howard who they picked at eleven. They had. Um, Oh, who did they, oh, they had uh, Caleb Caleb Houston, who the Canadian shooter from Michigan, um, who uh, was one of their top picks last year as well. Maybe early second round, actually. I think he was like the thirty first pick. Regardless, like they had decent players to go up against a, a Pacers team that had you know really really good players with you know Benedict Matherin and Andrew Nemhard. They had Jairus Walker, their seventh pick for this year. They had uh, you know Isaiah Jackson, who's been another rotation towards the end of last season for the Pacers and also Ben Shepard, who is a first round pick. So they had a lot going for them in that roster, but I thought it was a fairly decent fight. It's not like the the magic had like, you know, the Toronto Raptors roster, for example. And um, yeah, watching Anthony Black, like very clever player. So, he, you know, he just makes good reads. Like he, he's one of those guys where he'll just pop out of nowhere for a steal. And I think it's good anticipation and good awareness, not gambling. Um, he wasn't really out of position that often, but he got like two steals in the first three minutes. And each time he got layups for his team, one's for himself, one's for his teammate. So those kind of plays where he just kind of jumps the sequences, like you got to be really in high alert with him um, because he has good instincts. Um, I think one of the things that also shows me a good game sense for him is just how strongly he's rebounding the ball for a guard. Um, he's not like physically imposing. So he's like six, five, six, six. I wouldn't say he's jumping out the gym either, although he's got pretty good jump uh, like uh, hops, but um, skinnier player kind of like just looks super young. Like he looks like he just walked off a Nickelodeon set or something like that. Like he just genuinely is just, he looks like a baby um, that is, even compared to other rookies. But yeah, he's not physically imposing, but he's just reading the plays really well. So he tracks the fly of the ball. He understands when the shot's gone up. And he ends up with a lot of rebounds, which I think is, again, just a good sense of, um, you know, who he is as, uh, you know, a player. Um, honestly, a, a really, really good passer as well. You can definitely tell. The hit-ahead passes are good. Again, that's good game sense. Um, he had another pass that was really impressive in this one where he threw, like, a bounce pass in traffic uh off a pick and roll and kind of split two defenders and got uh, his teammate a dunk but um but i don't know i mean i think immediately it's going to take some time for him to get adjusted um pretty much like every orlando magic guard uh guys are going under screens against him not a strong three-point shooter like there's one point where he tried to go one-on-one against a big try to iso against a big and ended up uh only with a pull-up three so first off he couldn't get past the man but then he also went to the pull-up three and he airballed it hard so um, definitely not a shooter at this moment. Uh, guys are again like they went under every single screen. When he got into the lane, he, he's a, he's a decent passer. There's a lot of guys like that in this in this draft. I think there's a lot of guys with good basketball IQ, but unfortunately, unless the shot really comes around for him, some of the more positive attributes about his game won't really shine through. But um, I like the tools. I like um, his reading of the game, and uh, you know, there's there's a good spot in the game for for a player like this. Going him going one on one against. Um, Nemhard too was was also really interesting to watch in terms of guarding Nemhard in terms of going at him and I think Andrew like schooled him to be honest but it wasn't like you know um, Black just couldn't contain him I think Andrew's just way more of a polished guard has a lot more years 
um, on Anthony right now. But, uh, you know, fun player. Uh, and I could definitely see why their magic took him. He fits a lot of what they do. Um, who do I see? I saw Bilal Koulibaly, who uh, won seventh overall, but actually got flipped to um, in Washington at number eight. So I'll talk about Bilal real quickly. I caught, I caught his game um, that he played last night. And, um, yeah, first off, I don't, I don't like that Washington roster. It just doesn't, I don't know. There's not a lot of like guys that are standing out to me. I feel really bad for Johnny Davis. Um, he just doesn't look very good, uh, for a guy who was taking 10th overall, but Hey, listen, I mean, it's, it's hard to judge these guys just based on summer league alone. Um, what do I like about Bilal? Honestly, very, a lot of similarities to, to black. I would say definitely longer, definitely has, um, more of an ability to, make you know high impact defensive plays there's a play where in the third quarter i believe uh against it was what wizard spurs um yeah Bilal was caught um back in transition on a 301 fast break and it wasn't his fault someone else turned the ball over but it was a 301 fast break for the spurs and they made they made a couple extra passes to get the layup at the rim and Bilal read it perfectly played it down the middle and flipped his body instantly and pinned the shot against the glass, and then saved the ball and kept possession. That stuff is very special, and I don't think it's too surprising. I mean, like he's like six foot eight, with like a seven plus foot wingspan easily. Um, and yeah, I mean for for a guy who's running point, I, I think there's definitely some things that he needs to work on. So again, similar to Anthony Black, airballed some threes. Like there's one where he got all glass on the airball. Um, that's uh, yeah, that that's just not. Uh, this is not ideal in any case to watch that, but um, you know he's he's definitely a guy who can get downhill, definitely a guy who can uh, get into the lane, um, and from there he, he's a pretty smooth passer. Uh, passer, like he, first off, he's an unselfish passer. Like in a, in a setting like this, where pretty much no one else on Washington was really doing that much, he was still consistently running the offense and, and making the right plays. Um, I think that's impressive. Uh, I think he's he's got a really stoic demeanor as well. You know, wasn't really phased by too much. Um, and then, yeah, defensively, I think, you know, th- there are some good things from him. Like, he had, what, two steals, three blocks in this game. Um, and, you know, I think the length um, really, really impacts there. Kind of similar to a lot of the rookies right now in terms of how skinny he is. Um, but he gives me, like, a s- strong skinny vibe. Like, it's not like guys are pushing him around too much. I think defensively did a good job against San Antonio. And San Antonio has some pretty good, like, guards. Like, you know, Blake Wesley... Um, definitely looking to be really aggressive in terms of the scoring. Uh, Julian Champagny, Justin Champagny's brother, twin brother, has has been excellent pretty much throughout summer league, and um, you know he did a good job against him. Malachi Brownham um, has literally just taken every single shot available to him, and he's been kind of a chucker. But today he had actually worked, and he actually knocked down the shots. Um, so there are a lot of guys for him to guard, and I think he did a good job guarding any of those guys. But yeah, until the three comes around, it, it's going to look really awkward. Guys are going to go under screens against them. But he's he's a good passer, um, you know. I, I honestly kind of similar to Anthony Black, uh, all things considered. I would say Black has better instincts than Bilal, but Bilal has more length um, to make more of an impact. So number eight, I got to see Jairus Walker, who uh, again go, went to Indiana, and and that whole Indiana team, I'm so impressed by. Like, I mean, it doesn't even matter. Like the the fact that they won by like thirty some odd points is not the reason I'm impressed with them. It's the talent that they were able to bring to that that summer league team, like. Um, the fact that you have like, you know, the what number eighth pick and Jairus Walker available, and then you have uh, Ben Shepard, who I think went like twenty mid twenties, um, in that game as well in the starting lineup. Um, you have some two way guys coming off the bench as well. 
but like realistically you just have like a really fun starting five to come to this thing with and everybody did well in that starting five like what Jairus Walker 16 Isaiah Jackson 13 Ben Evan Matherin 17 Ben Shepard 16 Andrew Nemar 21 the guys just played great all throughout and they and they had 108 points in a game which they only played 40 minutes like the summer league games are 10 minute quarters so <laughs> you got 108 points in, in 40 minutes is uh is pretty damn good but yeah Walker um so, I mean, I, I think the official slogan for guys like this is like the Draymond guy in terms of like bigger, chunkier player, six foot seven. Um, but I would say a couple of things. Number one, he looks more bouncy than than than, than um, Draymond is. Um, kind of the same body in terms of like he's like 240, 245 and six foot seven, right? So he's already like fairly um, physical. I think he's gonna be ready to play. Um, and handle the league already. We'll see if he can handle centers the way Draymond can. But honestly, I don't, I don't see why he couldn't even add to what he currently has and even get up to like 250, 260-ish because he's already very, very strong. Uh, yeah, in terms of the game, I mean, handles it decent, like really good, like like a Draymond. Like, you know, in, like the way that Draymond is able to handle the ball and push the ball and like it doesn't slow him down. I think for a lot of bigs, like they get really slowed down when they have the ball in their hands. And Jairus Walker doesn't have that problem at all. Threw some dimes as well, some bounce passes through traffic to find cutters. Um, and plays similarly. Like a lot of dribble handoffs in the middle of the floor. That's one way you can use him. It can leverage his passing that way. There's also a lot of him just spacing out along the three-point line. And I don't know how real the three is right now, but A, he's definitely willing to shoot them. Um, and, and B, he actually makes a decent um, percentage of those in college. And, and what, he was two of eight in this game, whatever. But... I think functionally, the the reason you would say it doesn't work that great is because it's a bit of a slow release, and it kind of releases it across the middle of his face. Um, so those aren't ideal. But at the same time, it's like you're, you're typically seeing him match up against bigs, and bigs won't be pulled up as much on him. And if that's the case, then he's going to get a lot of these threes off. Also, because he plays in a really high tempo, up pace, um, up tempo kind of system with uh, in Indiana with lots of point guards, you know. Guys are going to be constantly in rotation to try to help and con- collapse on on drives because that's how good their their guards are. And so, um, yeah, Walker is going to get into lots of open looks. And um, yeah, he, he's 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 quite good at those. Um, I, I think there's a couple of things in terms of his game that offensively, you know, like maybe I don't think I could see him being like a superstar or anything like that. But functionally, especially in today's game, the way he can handle, the way he can move it side to side, the way that you can space it out a little bit, like you can definitely see how he would fit in a lot of lineups. Um, you know, defensively, defensively, that was sort of his reputation is that he's going to be everywhere defensively. I didn't see that much defensively out of this game in particular, but I know in other games he was pretty impressive. But um yeah, I mean, I think for the modern game, it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I mean, off- yeah, when he's trying to create his own offense, that's going to be a little tricky. Like, a lot of times he's not even doing anything on offense, quite quite honestly. Um, one time he wanted to try to drive one-on-one and got stripped and then gave up the dunk going the other way. When he went up for a pull-up jumper, kind of went into a, kind of a basic crossover, didn't really create space, and then ended up taking a, th- a three with a foot on the line. So, I mean realistically that's not that great but um yeah i mean i could definitely see him as a, as a good prospect especially for a team like indiana with a lot of offense around him um i think his defense will play better than well at least the game that i saw and um yeah functionally in, like essentially a lot of people are looking for a draymond and he, he 
he comes fairly close in terms of the skill set. Again, the most important thing for me is just to handle. Like, the fact that he can handle it that quickly definitely can push the pace. I, mean, I wouldn't say he's the point guard, but definitely can be that big to initiate a lot of offense. Maybe you could say, like, like a Bam, although he is quite a bit smaller than Bam. So, I mean, I think a lot of Bam's uh, skill set is his size and also his ability to play in the mid-range off the catch. And um, we'll see if Walker develops in that direction. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of guys with NBA-ready bodies, like, uh, Jairus Walker has to be the, the the, the, the best one, I think, in, in the top 10 here, honestly. Um, who else did I get to see? Um, yeah, Kobe Bufkin, I think, has been a guy that I've talked about in this program quite a bit. It's a guy who, just based off of the pre-draft process, I, I really liked um, what I saw from him. I think the Raptors did, too, because they brought him in for two workouts. Um, so I got to see one of his games. I'm, I'm going to see another one of his games later today, so that will be exciting. But, yeah, I mean, the first game that I saw him, so it was Hawks versus Nuggets. First off, the Nuggets had, like, the whole team show up. Like, Aaron Gordon was there. KCP was there. Mike Malone was there. Michael Porter Jr. was there. Christian Braun was there. Um, DeAndre Jordan was there. Reggie Jackson was there. They had three guys on the team playing in that summer league. Uh, Calvin Booth was there, their GM. Like, it was, it was honestly, it was, it was kind of what you would ideally see from every team in terms of just guys who are available in the country. Please come through and, and just, you know, show up for the team kind of thing. Um so that was the Nuggets. The Nuggets also fairly competitive as well, which is impressive because, you know, for for a team that has also won a championship and gone all in, they still have lots of prospects that they can sort of put through in, in the setting. But ultimately, I think Atlanta had the better prospects. So you had Agent Griffin playing this game. You had, you had Kobe Bufkin. Obviously, those are two of the guys that the Raptors would try to target if uh, the Raptors were to consummate some sort of deal with Atlanta. And yeah, watching Kobe, I mean, I liked him coming into the pre-draft. So I'm a little bit biased in this sense, but he, he played great. I mean, he, he shot 6 of 19, but I think it's one of those things where you have to watch the film because um, a lot of his misses were right at the basket where he was able to get to the rim. And for one reason or another, he just didn't get the finish off. It wasn't like he was not open, though. Like, he created the space with the first step, loves driving left, is a lefty, um, and, and he got a lot of looks right at the basket there, and he just missed those, but that's good process. Like, getting to the basket um, because of your quickness, because of your length, because of your craft is a good thing for me. Going right, I think he probably pulls up a little bit more, goes for a little bit more bank shots. Um, so, you know, okay, he's not, like, a perfect driver, but definitely has that craft. I think what's interesting with him is looked very comfortable playing both on and off the ball. When he was without the ball, spaced it really decently. When he wasn't necessarily the initiator, was making the right extra passes. When he was on the ball, did a really good job of facilitating some of the good point guard traits that you've seen from lots of point guards coming into this, you know, this class. Um, one pass that I mean, he had two skip passes that I thought was really impressive, where they were the play off the pick and roll on the top of the floor, and then you know throw it over the top of you know the wing defender into the corner to get to his corner shooters open. He did that twice and threw one with his left hand, one with his right hand. So all pretty pinpoint passes. One where he actually led the corner shooter because the corner shooter was was not necessarily open in the deep corner, but he um, he passed it closer to the wing. And that kind of guided the corner shooter to come up to the top and catch the ball that created more space for him to get open and created for a better shot. So there's that. And then also he's just a really good three-point shooter. Like, you know, pull up threes. He was able to knock a couple of those down. Catch and shoot threes is common with, with those. And, I mean, more than anything else, I, I liked how he was as a teammate. It's one of those things you got to see as a person. Like, you know, um, up the whole game, even when he was on the bench, he was still cheering for guys, really clapping hard for his backup point guard as well. And... Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty impressed with the overall skill set. The package is strong there. I mean, defensively, he's a little bit small, so guys can kind of get around him a little bit. 
but I think decent, you know, had pretty good awareness in terms of how he can get um, his himself positioned between his man and the, and the, and the, and the goal. And so, you know, did a decent job of sort of keeping guys in front, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's clever, man. And he got a little bit of start, start stop to his game too. I think that's the thing that's um, really enticing as a driver is like, he doesn't, he's not one of those guys who just like bursts past you all the time. He has the quick first step, which is already good enough, but he also has the ability to deaccelerate a little bit. So I kind of described it not like Shea, because like Shea is obviously so freaking good at this point, but like Kobe has a little bit of that deacceleration game where he's able to sort of get by you with the first step and then you're recovering and then he can kind of step laterally to kind of get in front of you to, to force the contact and maybe get to the foul line that way or then step back entirely while you're sprinting forward to sort of um can uh, you know recover and then he's able to step back for more space like the first step is really good but then what he does from that first step isn't just bursting to the basket he has multiple moves very hard to guard i, I can only imagine that uh he will not be an easy cover at the pro level. I like a lot of his skill set. In terms of AJ Griffin, he had a quiet game on that one. But, um, I mean, what what can you really say? We've, we've seen him a lot in the NBA setting already. Um, you know, bigger body for sure for a guard. Kind of has like a really long torso, it feels like, and shorter legs, um, which kind of allows him to be a little bit quicker because he has shorter steps. He's able to chop his steps a little bit better, longer arms. And, and yeah, I mean, didn't have a really impressive game on this one, but definitely can shoot it a little bit. Um, I don't know how much off the dribble juice he has, but uh, again, he's so young um, and he's already shown to be a pretty effective player uh, as a rookie. So uh, who's to say he can't develop more of that, right? But um, also with an NBA father as well, I mean, that always helps in terms of just getting guys prepared early. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have too many takeaways from AJ Griffin just because of the fact that I didn't see him play all that much. Um Another guy I wanted to highlight uh, in terms of this year's rookie class was Keontae George. I mean, I think everyone at this point has already seen what Keontae can do. Uh, what he had 33 and 10 in game one and then 26 and seven for game two. So there for game two. One of those guys, a little bit smaller in person. Um, you know, you could definitely see that he can pretty much only play point guard. Combo guard for him is going to be difficult in terms of defending those guys. Even defending point guards might be a little bit difficult, but man, his offensive skill set is good. And I knew that from watching him last summer come to Toronto. I knew that from watching all the, the, the tape and the scouting stuff. And uh, yeah, no, he, he is, he's awesome offensively, man. I mean, definitely the shot is there. Looks a lot lighter as well. Apparently um, suffered an ankle injury last season. And so that kind of really, um, I don't know, I guess it kind of like slowed him down, obviously, and maybe even caused him to gain a little bit of weight. But in, in, in the training leading up to the NBA draft and all those workouts and stuff like that, like clearly has leaned out, um, kind of a thin kind of player now, almost um, maybe more wiry, I would say, wiry strong, because he does go into the lane and finish, but got a lot of quickness, got a lot of bounce to his game, and then definitely shoots a three at a high level where you kind of have to come up to contest him, and so he's able to get around you a little bit. Um, has the athleticism, caught a couple of lobs, um, but I think to me it's just a passing. Like Passing wasn't much of a highlight for him uh, in his in his freshman year at Baylor. I think he was like a one-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio, but... Passing looked like nothing. He has 17 assists in two games, man. And, and you know, a lot of times he it wasn't just like him making the extra pass or him making a swing pass. Or like it's he's creating and breaking things down. And you know, Utah is a pretty well built roster. They got a pretty good big in the middle who's been able to finish quite a bit. I think his name's Potter. Um, they got Johnny Juzang, Asian legend over there. Um, obviously, famously with UCLA and in, in, in the. Uh, you know, in, in the tournament run, you know, he's he's on that roster and he's he's able to, you know, play as an, uh, sort of a combo guard and sort of play off the catch and whether that's pull up threes or, or catch and shoot threes or um, 
uh, driving to the basket a couple of times. So Keontae has guys to work with, but he he's done a really good job and he's creating these advantages himself. Um, he's got a lot of bounce, a lot of quickness. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of the skill set translates over. Realistically, I think the downside with these kind of guards is like if the offense doesn't pop, then what does he fall back on? But I think the offense is going to pop. Um, he, he looks really clever, looks really strong in that sense. And doesn't look as like single-minded on like forcing every shot or forcing every action like he did in college. Like I think a lot of those were either coached out of him or playing in the bigger court with more space. Like it, you could see more of his skill set and his like base skill level in terms of as a guard coming into the league right now. I mean, it's arguably as high as any of these guys. Like there's other guards who are drafted ahead of him. For example, like you know, um, Amen Thompson, who I didn't really get much of a chance to see, but like more of a big wing kind of guard doesn't shoot the ball that well right anthony black really quicker longer player does shoot the ball very well Bilal Kulabali, i just described him as well pretty much like a bigger anthony black um um but doesn't shoot the ball you know well at all right and you go down the list and you have some shooting guards that were drafted in terms of grady in terms of um, jordan hawkins um but then, yeah, you get to this point where you got you got Kobe Bufkin and you got Keontae George, and Keontae might have more skill in terms of just like handle, in terms of getting the shot off, in terms of the mid range pull up, in terms of getting to the basket, in terms of the pull up threes, catch and shoot threes. He might have more skill than those other guys that are drafted ahead of him. He just doesn't have the physical profile. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if the skill pops. That's ultimately all that matters, right? So right now, at least, it looks like the skill is popping for him. So. I mean, a lot of a lot of good guys in this draft uh, that I've been able to catch. I would definitely catch more of them as well. I just wanted to quickly wrap up with. Oh, actually, uh, I want to say Leonard Miller too. I mean, him dropping to thirty three for Minnesota, I think, was just disappointing for him because he was what mocked. I think probably in the teens, maybe in the twenties, from the drop to thirty three in Minnesota. I think that's just good value for Minnesota in general. Um, and man, his athleticism pops. Like when you see him, he's bursting through the lane. He's getting like there's plays where you got like back to back steals where he just like jump through like three guys to get it and stuff like that like i think there's definitely an uh, improvement in terms of his body over the last two years i saw him in, in global jam last year as well wasn't that impressed to be honest but you know watching him in person now much more impressed um i think while he was hitting some pull-up threes i still think that shot is questionable for him but he's clearly shown improvement in that shot over the couple of years here also canadian as well so i guess that's interesting for us but like yeah just Big, strong 6'9 forwards. I mean, like, I, I could see him being a Raptor type, for example. Like, the Raptors had a second pick later in, in the first round or even early in the second round. I would have loved to have taken a flyer on Leonard Miller, especially seeing him drop because a lot of the things that he was doing really does translate. I still want to see him um, – I don't know. I still want to see his progression on defense. Like, if he commits himself fully to defense, I think his offensive tools are going to play a little bit more. Right now, he can handle it. He can shoot the three decently, but I still – little questionable about the three, and then I don't know where he's going with the handle. He's not, like, breaking down his man. He might be more of a Jairus Walker in terms of, like, side-to-side dribble handoff kind of stuff, maybe some some decent passes. But, um, yeah, watching him in person, uh, big improvement over the last time I saw him, so that's impressive. So I wanted to touch on really quickly is just some second-year guys I was able to catch as well because I think that's also a big thing. You want to see second-year players come in and show a lot of improvement. Number one, Andrew Nemhard. My goodness, this guy was dominant. He, he actually just played the game really, really well. In a game, again, for Indiana where they had a lot of talented players and, and I know against Orlando where they have a lot of talented players. Andrew came in, played excellent. Um, obviously already a really good point guard. He looks like he's gotten stronger as well. His legs look much thicker than I remember watching him even like, you know, this past season. But pretty strong, 6'5", point guard, 
um, you know, and just makes right reads consistently. Like, doesn't make the game look difficult. Makes it look kind of easy. Making the reads really quickly. Um, and then getting into the lane, mid-range pull-up was there for him. Um, you know, getting to the basket a couple of times as well. Doesn't force his game whatsoever, which I think is really, really important for a point guard. Unselfish, gave the ball up quite a few times. And, yeah, the three-point shot looks really strong. Like, he just continuously makes, like, really quick and accurate decisions. And on top of the fact that he's a pretty good defender. Like, a lot of the reason why Anthony Black had a poor game was because Andrew Nahar did a really good job guarding him. So, yeah, I mean, again, that's another player where the Raptors, I think, last year um, in the draft, they were able to take Christian Coloco at 33. I think Andrew went, like, 32. Might be the pick right before. I would have loved to see him in Toronto. Um, I think he would have fit a lot of the, I would have been even reasonably comfortable with him starting a point guard for the Raptors this season. Obviously, I mean, you know, you want to see, um, he's not, not going to be one of the best starting point guards in the league or anything like that, but I would have been comfortable with giving him that shot as recently as this year because I think he's shown a lot of growth. Um, the, the maturity is sort of off the charts with him. And yeah, I mean, he just looked awesome. Again, in that game, there was like, I don't know, man, at least five or six first round picks. This guy was clearly the best guy, and he's a second round pick from last year. So that was impressive. Better even than Benedict Matherin, who I have to say is just coming to the game to to to, to just shoot the ball and be aggressive. And I think there's a real skill in that. There's a real utility in getting a guy who's super aggressive and always looking to attack and punching it through gaps and never really passing the ball and, and getting them to shot off no matter what and forcing the opponents to foul him. I think we saw that last season as well, um, just him having a really good year and, and making an all-rookie team and all that kind of stuff. But, like, yeah, the, the aggressiveness is good. Does he do anything else other than force the ball, force the shot up? I don't really know. I think he, for a guy who's so aggressive on scoring, like he probably can find a better balance of like when to sort of release and pass another guy. But he has a good athleticism. He has really good athleticism. His um, and again, he plays physically and he's so determined to score that it forces you to foul him, which also increases his overall efficiency because of the fact that he can get to the foul line. So. You know, not necessarily my cup of tea, honestly, watching it in person. It kind of reminded me of Malachi Branham in, in a way where Malachi is not as good of a athlete. But another guy the Raptors could have potentially um, picked up, I believe, right? Because I think, the yeah, so the Raptors last year traded for Thad Young, and they moved from what ultimately was the 20th pick to the 33rd pick. Malachi was the 20th pick that the Spurs ultimately uh, selected. And then um, because they picked 33, they weren't able to get Andrew Nemhard, who was picked just before that for Toronto. And that's probably why I'm noting this. But, yeah, I mean, watching Malachi Branham, another guy who's just forcing a shot every single time, doesn't give it up. Um, definitely can get on a heater. He got on a heater yesterday that won them the game, but doesn't really do that much else in terms of defending, in terms of playmaking. Um, for a bigger guard, yeah, again, he's just looking to score. Like, I, I, how would I describe this game? Like, like I suppose Eric Gordon-esque. You know, like bigger guard has some bulk to him, forces is able to pull bully drive. But Eric Gordon was so good at the bully drives, man. This guy used to average like twenty points a game and like get to the foul line quite a bit. And in addition to the fact that he could shoot the three really well, so I wouldn't say he's as good as Eric Gordon, not nearly as good, but definitely is a shoot first shooting guard. Um, him and Ben and Matherin. Matherin, I would say, is much better just because he's way quicker twitch athleticism. He gets by guys quite a bit and he punches through gaps. But again, I would love if he did anything else other than you know. Uh, four shots like even on fast breaks where he can give the pass ahead for a layup he'd rather like crash in take a hit go to the ground and then go to the foul line and it's just like just give it up to your teammate bro like whatever that's fine I guess it's just a personal preference There's nothing wrong with that specific approach but yeah India had a lot of good players man I guess it's just quite 
like if the Raptors were to make a trade with Indiana, and I, and I don't imagine that the Raptors would just because like if you trade Pascal there, I think the team acquiring Pascal would have to be fairly confident that they can retain him. And I just don't know if Indiana can retain a guy like Pascal in, in terms of he might choose to go to free agency and go to a warmer climate, for example. Uh, Indiana is hardly a free agency destination. So that's a place where if Pascal, if you were able to sign Pascal to an extension and then trade him two years down the line or a year down the line, then a team like Indiana would really, really cough up, would make a lot more sense as a trade partner because he's locked into the contract and you can feel more confidence in his long-term permanency. But regardless, Indiana would be the team that I would try to make a trade with. Would love to take Walker off their hands. I would love to take Nemhart off their hands. Um, um, honestly, Mandarin might be my third pick between those three guys, um, which might sound blasphemous because I think he had the best rookie season. Um, but yeah, that that's sort of where I would stand based off of that. A couple other guys, Sh- uh, Shaden Sharp, we saw a lot of him. I mean, I suppose there were some talks between Toronto and Portland based around Sharp. Again, you know, I think the the link there is OG Anobi. I think was potentially you know b- being talked about as in terms of moving to Portland last year at the draft and the, the pick was going to be number seven that was going to be essentially number seven for og and i think the raptors want a little bit more Portland didn't want to give it more ultimately talks broke down whatever right josh hart i think was involved in all that kind of stuff um but it's essentially sharp for og so i wanted to see sharp and sharp obviously at the end of the season had lots of breakout moments and it really was able to score i mean i think number one with him is just the athleticism is, is just like it's stupid how athletic he is man like he'll, he'll do the thing where he jumps off for the rebound, defensive rebound. No one's around him. And he'll grab the ball and he'll tap it against the glass and then fall come down. And he's just like, every time he jumps, he's just in the air for like two full seconds. It's it's a little freaky to watch it. Um, that's a functional athleticism, though. It, it doesn't doesn't necessarily live up to the, to the same level as like the highlights. Like he's not so athletic that he's like bursting past guys or constantly dunking through guys. You know, there's a lot of like mid-range pull-ups, a lot of pull-up jumpers, you know, a, a lot of just like, it's like it's it's okay. Like I would say, like it, it, in in a way, it kind of reminds me of Zach Levine. Now Zach, I think, is quicker twitch than Shaden, but obviously, you know, similar hops in terms of just how athletic both guys, both of those guys are. But man, um, kind of a similar game. Like the three is there, and if the three is there, you got to press up on him. Then he can get by you a little bit. And if he gets like two feet in the lane, or even just like at the edge of the paint, he will jump and and take off. And then you probably have to foul him. So again, it's similar to Zach in that way. But I think Zach is quicker. Um, then Shaden right now, but yeah, I think that's sort of the upside that you see with him. Um, you know, I, I saw some poor games from, 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 from Shaden. I saw some good ones from him as well. A bit of a lazy defender. Doesn't really hustle back that much. Doesn't use his athleticism that much defensively. He, I, it's like it, he would much rather like sky for a huge defensive rebound and look cool doing that. than like really like slide back and forth and, and create plays. I would say he's good at he's got good length and sometimes he knows how to play the the passes at the top where you can get interception and go up for a transition dunk and going the other way. But um, yeah, I mean, I was both I was both very impressed watching him because he's like physically impressive to watch, but also not as impressed in terms of just like I feel a little underwhelmed. Was was sort of my takeaway with watching a lot of his games. Um, who else did I see uh, in their second? year oh dyson daniels yeah dyson daniels was awesome man so again another og Anobi potential link trade target or whatever but yeah dyson daniels was awesome man um I, the way i describe it is i mean it's, it's i mean it's not just because he's australian but like a little ben simmonsy in terms of just like the physique um for point guard very very strong long player 
uh, smaller than Ben, but like really like quick twitch athletic. I think that's the thing that's like the burst is crazy. Like the zero to 60 is crazy for him where he's able to just like, he's he's on one side of the floor and the play comes in and, and he's like rotating to the basket and he's stuffing a guy at the rim. Or like there's a, there's a pass mate and he's just like jumping through the passing lane. And then he's like using that burst to then get himself ahead of steam going in transition and finding other guys. His sense of the game and his read of the game is really good. Like honestly, if you would like essentially what they're trying to get from Anthony Black or trying to get from a Bilal Kulabali, like you can get a lot more for like a guy from a guy like Dyson Daniels. He doesn't get into the gaps the way that uh, Black or Kulabali does as well off the draw off the drive just because he's a bigger player, but he's stronger, gets to the lane. Um, doesn't really have the three-point shot, but he's willing to work on it. He's you know, There's one game I saw him take 10 threes. Like, that's exactly the kind of setting you want to see from him, and that's where the Ben Simmons comparisons stop because, obviously, Ben won't do that. But next-level athletic, very, very strong. Um, rebounded the ball great, passed the ball great. Just, yeah, I mean, again, if, if you were able to somehow land Dyson Daniels, if you were to make a trade involving New Orleans, I would love to because he fits a lot of what the Raptors want to do. Um I would say in a way similar to Scotty, but Scotty has more of a scoring package, I would say, because he's so much he, he's he's able to play stronger than Dyson in terms of like he's he's he slows down, he uses his size, but Dyson has a little bit of that as well. But he's a little he's he's faster than Scotty is. Um yeah, watching those two guys play together would be sick. I mean, realistically you would run into issues in terms of like, okay, you don't have any shooting between those two, but Dyson is working on it, Scotty's working on it, maybe you can get that to work. But I, I like this profile of player, man. He was really involved. Like, I think the first game he had like 17 points, 12 rebounds, like eight assists, two steals, three blocks. Like, th- that stuff is sick to me. Like, when, you, when you're able to read the game and you really control it and you're able to play it in a way that it's not just about the scoring, but it's about all the other things that you can do to improve the system of play. Um, yeah, Dyson was very impressive. And the second game I saw him, what he had like, um, what did he have yesterday? He, he had like essentially one of those triple-double style of games as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he, he's fun to watch and, uh, uh, just, a, yeah, 10 points, eight assists, three blocks. Like, again, like this is all from the point guard position, man. That's the thing you got to recognize. Like it's, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's fun. He's, he's fun to watch. Uh, lastly, I just wanted to talk about a couple of guys who, you know, have been impressive in this setting that maybe the Raptors could go for a guy like Michael DeVoe for, uh, in, uh, for Portland has been great. He's been in the G league the last couple of years. Um, yeah, I mean, the three-point shot is not necessarily the strong suit of his, but he was able to knock some down here in Summer League. I, I would probably trust more of the G League example where he was shot at like 28%, but bigger guard, um, pretty crafty, got some, got some shiftiness to his game, get into the lane, got some good length, and yeah, pretty good ball handler as well. A lot of guys were pressing up really high. I think there's like a big point of emphasis in Summer League is like, I'm going to show the coach I can really press the ball. And it's like, yeah... Yeah, you can, but you really can't. Like, against certain guys, like guys who are good ball handlers, like, you're just not going to look kind of silly. He made a lot of guys look pretty silly in that kind of setting. But yeah, quick, wiry point guard, get into lane, um, and was a really, really good passer as well. Um, I think he's been a big reason why Portland's team has been fairly successful. I mean, he's supposed to just be the backup behind Scoot, but he's looked pretty good, even as a starter. Like, he would easily start on the Raptors, for example, in the Summer League team. Um, another guy, Dominic Barlow. Um, he's just consistently had good games every time I watched them. I think, you know, the Spurs play the California Classic. So it's like a, their mini version of the Summer League. He was good out there as well. And every game he just comes in, and he's like a 20 and 10 every game. But one of those type of players, like, you know, doesn't shoot the three that much right now, but he's playing a lot of dribble handoffs in terms of what the San Antonio Spurs are running. 
And he's really great at the mid-range. Great, great touch on the mid-range, man. He, he'll, he'll knock down like five, six mid-range shots if you really don't get up on him. Um, defensively, I think he probably isn't a center, probably more of a four, um, but not too big of an impact on defense. I wouldn't say he's a negative. Like, he is actually pretty good when he's containing guards and whatever. But he's 6'9 forward, you know, decent wingspan, good touch, knows how to play the game, good, like, in-between game, like short floaters, layups, things like that he's done a good job of. Gives himself in the right spaces. Like, clearly knows how to play. Um, and I think he's like a restricted free agent for the Spurs. I think he was maybe on a two-way last year, and so he's restricted right now. We'll see if San Antonio retains him. I mean, based on what he's done in summer league, they got to retain him. But, I mean, hey, if he became available, I think he would fit the Raptors quite beautifully as well. Um, again, just a really good skill set, rebounds the ball. And also for, for a big, like there's one play where he ripped down the rebound, pushed it in transition, broke through two defenders, and dunked it with two hands. So, yeah, I mean, he's a... Uh, he, he's been good every single time I've seen him, which is hard to say for summer league. Guys go up and down a lot. And the last one I would say is also from the Spurs. I guess I've just watched a lot of Spurs. But, yeah, Julian Champagne has been great, man. I mean, I remember talking to Justin last year when he was on the Raptors and I interviewed him. And he talked about, oh, yeah, my brother's coming too. And he he's much of a, much more of a scorer than me. Um, so we got a different skill set, even though we're identical twins. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, I can see that skill set, man. Um Super aggressive, but makes the right play. Gets to the basket a decent amount, even though he's, I would just say, an average NBA athlete and an average NBA size as well. But gets to the lane, um, shoots the ball um, decently as well, and, and and just looks like a decent like two way player. Like he's 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 there. He's contributing again. He's been a positive in a lot of San Antonio's games, uh, even more so than some other picks. Because again, I haven't really liked what I've seen from Blake Wesley aside from him pressing a lot of point guard. Like cool, you can put some on ball pressure. You're athletic, but. You know, the other stuff, skill aspect is just not really there for me right now as a point guard. And then Malachi Branham is just shooting every single shot. Like, Champagne's also his role is to shoot, but he'll have, like, six assist games as well. Rebounds the balls decently. You know, the Champagne family, they, they play really physical and all that kind of stuff. We saw that with Justin. And, uh, yeah, he, he might be the better brother between those two guys. So those are the guys that I've seen so far throughout Summer League. I think I'm going to do another one of these and focus on a couple more prospects. I, I would love to hear some feedback in terms of did you enjoy this or not. I know a lot of this isn't Raptors related, but at the same time, I think it's interesting just based on the fact that um, a lot of these guys are coming into the league, so you want to see them. And also, like, a lot of these guys are linked to the Raptors. So uh, if you actually do want to see what a potential return could look like in terms of what the Raptors could get back, this is a good setting to evaluate a lot of prospects because that's what the Raptors will be getting back. So thanks everyone for listening. Again, give me some feedback. Do you like this sort of format? Do you want to hear another one of these? Uh, but otherwise, um, you know, stay tuned. I'm going to have the reaction podcast for games three and four and uh, some more interviews coming your way. So thanks everyone for listening. Great review. Subscribe to the Raptor show. And uh, we out. We out.